This is the magical mystery tour that we call What the Truck. I'm Dooner here with the dude, Michael Vincent. Welcome, everybody. Beautiful day here in the heart of Freight Alley, Chattanooga, Tennessee. How are you, my friend? I'm great. You know, we talked about this in the open a little bit, how one year ago at this event, we Mm -hmm. sort of kicked off into this whole virtual world. We've done 20 of these events since then. We've gotten awards. And you know what? A lot of places were taking the masks down, too. Everyone's getting vaccinated. November will finally be all back together. But in the meantime, we're going to have an awesome time here virtually. And we're even giving some stuff away here. we got plenty of good guests, but we're giving some stuff away. Oh, are we going to get to give away some during the show? Oh, we're going to give away three things during the show today. Three different things during the show. But first, let's thank our sponsor who helps make this all happen. It's Triumph Pay. Triumph Pay is committed to providing efficiency and value to all customers. With the upcoming acquisition of HubTran, our combined company will create a fully integrated payments network for the transportation industry, including factors, brokers, and carriers. Visit TriumphPay.com to learn how we can drive your business forward together. Now, without further ado, should we give that prize away should we make people wait we got to give one away now let's not do give one away we got two right, more after it. this right let's do it the first winner of the canon eos 90d camera that's a really nice one Ooh. is peter built motors companies russell cox russell cox All look right, out russell. for you brother you are a winner you Leave are it at home a winner. When you go to Vegas, my friend. Stay tuned. We toss to lunch, right? Because it's going to be a two-part show. There's going to be a break for lunch, right? We're going to toss lunch. We're going to give away that coffee machine right before lunch. And Ooh. at the end of today's episode of What the Truck, we're giving away that 85-inch. And we undersold it. We said 80 inches. 85-inch. Wow. 85-inch Sony 4K TV. Get yourself registered. Now, here at What the Truck little plug for our own stuff. We do a newsletter. Newsletter yes, comes out every Tuesday night, well, 6 p.m. Eastern time. This week, we highlighted a great story in there. It is about a great friend of the show, Pierre Laguerre, and his company, Fleeting. They just got a $500, half million dollar investment by Kyrie Irving's new consulting company, KAI11 Consulting and Lockstep Ventures. And here's right. what's really cool about what they're doing with this money. They're starting a new program. And we talk about this all the time. When diversity and inclusion came up, yeah. all the, oh, we're going to help. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. Here's a company that's doing something, actually doing something. They're helping the formerly incarcerated get seated in trucks, right? They're helping them. The actual some reform, some reform. All the things we preach, all the things we talk about, this company is helping with it. Super excited. He's going to be with, on What the Truck with us on Friday to yeah. talk about what they have planned for the money, how this is all going to work, and, uh, you know, doing the Lord's work out there. Pretty awesome yeah, stuff. No, Pierre has always been a, I mean, uh, since I've known him, he's been a great guy. That's what it uh, really drew me to him, because he was on with you on uh, when you used to do your XM radio show. Yeah. Right? And, and I heard him on there during, during diversity uh, last year. And, uh, you know, the guy is tremendous and doing tremendous stuff. I applaud him greatly. I can't wait to talk to him on Friday and talk to him about this, because this is something sorely needed, is those ex-incarcerated getting them back into workforce. I love a it real too. opportunity. Sometimes you get money, you forget about where you came from, you forget about yeah. helping those not fleeting. They're making it part of their brand, they're making it part of their marketing, and they're actually making it happen. Super cool. Jordan Kidd, by the way, oh, I should just tell you guys, if you're not familiar, it's the first time you're seeing What the Truck, we are a podcast, Freightwaves TV show, uh, flagship show over at Freightwaves happens Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, when there's not conferences at noon Eastern time. You can also listen to it in your eardrums by looking up What the Truck on your favorite podcast player of choice. You'll find us ranked in Apple Podcast Business News Podcast in over 20 different countries, including the United States of America. Now, Jordan Kidd of Freightworks, he said something really interesting in the comments. He said, everyone building their own in-house solution is one of the main reasons logistics can't have good tech. Tell me how I'm wrong. I uh, yeah no I, I I can't I have to agree with him a little bit right yeah. and it, and it goes back to um, uh, something that was said earlier today I, you always hear some really interesting things we talk about digitization all of the time right mm-hmm. and and it and it's really. You you've got to break out of it. If you're if you're in the business of logistics and you're spending your money building your own logistics stuff, you're spending the money on the wrong thing. You should be spending your money uh, or on your own digitization. You should be spending on your money on the business of what you do, right? And that kind of 
silos this stuff. Now, I'm a tech evangelist, and I, and I love tech, but one of the problems is, the promise that we made with tech is it was going to break down silos. But now we're seeing all these different programs come, and it's yeah. just creating more silos. They're just digitized. Yeah. And all of these things we talk about, bridging communication between departments, is it happening? How is your software doing it? That's our challenge to you, right? How is your software bridging these things together? Let's look at marketing. How many companies are, who are, uh, are bragging about the fact that they can do one-day shipping, et cetera, and they're getting a lot of trouble? I mean, look up West Elm. West Elm is getting murdered online for taking yeah, forever yeah, to ship exactly people's right. furniture. Yeah. Right? More than ever, your marketing and sales is tied into your supply chain. How many furniture stores are now putting in their ads, we have furniture in stock? Because they know everywhere else you're turning is like 12 weeks. I'm not getting my living room table until the end of summertime, Michael Vincent. No wonder <laughs> Greg Miller told everyone to go shopping for Christmas now because you might have to wait. Yeah, he's, and he's and he's not wrong, but you're you know that siloed data comes back to haunt you, and it's yeah. more and more with e-commerce where they're trying to fulfill from the actual stores. What's an inventory? What's not an inventory? You can sell it online, but it's really not an inventory because it could be in somebody's uh, shopping cart. Introduce our guest. We're going to oh, talk about man, some let's do this. Hey, back again. Love always love talking to him. Highly insightful. The founder and CEO at Trucker Tools, Prasad Galapoli. How are you, Prasad? <laughs> hey, good. Nice to see you guys. Looking good, sir. Hey, quick elevator pitch on what Trucker Tools does for the uninitiated. So Trucker Tools is a software platform. Um, primarily, you know, you spoke about digitization. Um, so we that is what we do. We help brokers, carriers become digitized or adapt to their digital strategy well. Um, or the other way to look at it is we are a third-party software platform that helps um, brokers and carriers with real-time visibility, digital rate matching, and also help these carriers with everything that they need on the road. That's literally what we do. Um, uh, and I'll, I'll leave you with the third uh, analogy here is we help these two uh, groups build their relationships. Nice. Yeah, so tell me specifically, how does this technology offer both brokers and, and, and the 3PL companies, big and small? What are the benefits to both sides, right? So, I mean, we're, we're hearing digitization everywhere, right? It, is, it has become the biggest catchword of 2020 and 21. Um, so what Trucker Tools does is it helps brokers. I'm going to go with brokers first and then carriers. Um, to really scale their business faster using technology without having to build a, put a lot of people behind that. I mean, it's still a people's business, but we improve, um, let's say, real-time visibility, digital rate matching, where, where, you know, if you look at a person, a broker in a broker office, the number of loads that they cover today, let's say if it's four, five, six, right, how could you take it to 15, 20, right? Only through technology. That's what we do. Um, and then on the, the carrier side, it's the same thing. How do you quickly book loads faster, um, two, three loads at a time, all your trucks uh, book, book loads for them, uh, help you move into the better markets. Asset utilization is a keyword that a lot of people mm -hmm. use. Uh, optimize that asset utilization. Um, that, you know, using technology, it can be done much faster. Right? You know, this is, an, this is the, a question that I feel like every year, every month you ask it, it should actually shift and change a little bit as technology proliferates throughout the industry. So why should technology be an important part of a logistics company's long-term business strategy? Um, technology has become the, the lifeline of industry, and it has done it for other industries, and transportation is no different from other industries. Without technology, everything that we do, we could do it with a paper and a pen, right? But can we do it at a scale? So if I'm a broker, I can move a load. All I need is a paper and a pen and a phone. I can do this. But how many loads can I move in a day, right? Um, can I move 20 loads? What about 1,000 loads? And at some point, computers have to really optimize that so that I'm not sending emails to my shippers saying where the load is. I'm not calling the driver and saying where is the load. Right? It needs to freely flow through. There is a concept that people focus on called um, manage by exception, right? So if a broker has, let's say, 10,000 loads, um, seven or 8,000 of those could move freely, right? The other 2,000 or 3,000 require manual intervention, call that, hey, the truck broke down, I need to arrange another truck. 
or the truck is behind schedule, I need to find another truck or at least tell the carrier, uh, the, the shipper in advance so they can plan their dock operations. Those are, uh, you know, operating by exceptions, right? You're handling the exceptions through manual intervention and you're letting the other things go automatically through technology. That's how most of these brokers can scale up. And 2020 has been a great example for us because um, in 2020, we have seen a lot of companies adopt to digital technology and scale much rapidly. I mean, it's it's just a you know amazing example for us to see how technology can influence these companies. So, Prasad, let's talk about uh, the popularity of Trucker Tools and your success there. You got 1.3 million truckers have downloaded the Trucker Tools app, wow. right? 1.3 million truckers. Okay. All right, let me get a little cab off. Yeah, right. right? 165,000 carriers are on Trucker Tools software platform. Dare I say they're the only two things that are kicking it more than your new hairstyle. <laughs> what do you attribute to the popularity, Prasad? Um, I, you know, um, not to get my hairstyle in the picture, but uh, uh, but I I think it is the true value, right? Um, yeah. Ten years back, everybody thought carriers are the last to adopt to technology. But in this revolution, digitization, especially the small carriers are on the forefront of adopting to technology. I mean, it makes perfect sense, right? I'm a one-truck guy. I, I don't need to be tied to a computer. I have my smartphone. Everything happens on my smartphone, right? Yeah. So it's just natural thing for these small small carriers and owner operators. So they have been on the forefront of it. Now, the part that has really driven this success is the value that these guys get. Right? I mean, I want to be um, using one platform for all, everything that I do, whether it's finding cheapest fuel, parking, or finding my next load, tracking my load, or sending my doc, uh, invoices. I don't have to jump between 10 different apps. That's what's driving this, an all-in-one app that truly helps the small carriers. The second thing is, um, this is a very, very underutilized or understated fact is, these technologies not just find freight for these guys, but if I'm an owner-operator, I'm in, let's say, Chattanooga, I have two options. One option takes me to Chicago, the other one takes me to St. Louis. Which load is better to take? is based on how many loads are coming out of Chicago and St. Louis two days after, right? That tells me which market I should be going in. Technology has that ability to tell these carriers, hey, go to Chicago instead of St. Louis, you have more loads coming out of it, right? Um, so that cycle is what changes that. It's mm -hmm. a, it's a, that is the name of the game now. I mean, digitization truly puts these carriers at an advantage to make more money. Yeah, uh, It's good for the market, by the way. Uh, we, we want these small carriers to make money and be profitable. Well, I mean, it seems so obvious, too. You're moving yeah. things. Why wouldn't you apply the traveling salesman equation to the movement of your freight? You're yeah, both trying absolutely. to make it at destinations on times. You're trying to hit appointments and you're trying to win business. And as it's becoming more and more apparent, Prasad, your supply chain is a massive marketing tool. It's a massive customer service oh, tool yeah. from your oh, business. Yeah. It's becoming more important than ever. And people are becoming more and more woke to what we do over here in supply chain as stories become more and more mainstream. Prasad, it's been a joy speaking with you. I wish we had all day. Unfortunately, we do not. Uh, where should we send people to that want to learn more information and connect with you, though? Um, it's uh, sales at Trucker Tools is a great place um, to to find out more about us. Uh, one of our sales team members or marketing team members will educate you on um, what Trucker Tools can help you with. Um, and before I leave, one suggestion for our audience is if you're a broker of a 3PL, don't wait any longer. Yeah. Technology is a must adaptive technology. Don't buy too many things. Buy one that can take you in the true path of digitization. Ask your vendor, is it truly a digital platform or is it just a spreadsheet or email parsing that gets you there? Don't buy those um, that would that you would regret later. Yeah, um, it's not a Vegas buffet, that. right? This is really important <laughs> stuff. You're not, you just can't put a scoop of anything on there and expect it to taste good. Give me some more you know, of the blue two stuff. in the morning. All right. Hey, Prasad, thank you. Thank you so much. We appreciate you coming on the show today. Hey, thank you, know you guys. What? Always a pleasure. Thanks. Thanks, you know, Prasad. Now, we're going to talk a little bit about port logistics, right? We're going to oh, talk yeah, about looking should. at the port, something we don't always do here, especially ports like the Port of Laredo. So we're happy to have Tom Albrecht, CFO and CRO over at Reliance Partners, join us today. Tom, how are you doing today? Oh, Tom's on mute. Here we go. 
Hey, oh, there we not... go. Uh, sorry. Uh, I'm doing great. It's uh, great to be back on your show again. And uh, there's so much going on here and uh, obviously with the economy at large. We just got to reuse the 2020 catchphrase of the year. Am I on mute? So that was awesome. We got to knock that. <laughs> we got to knock that out of the way. You know, we don't get to talk about. Well, maybe it's our own fault. We don't tend to talk about ports that often. Here we're doing the news stories, but we haven't done a lot of segments with guests on them. And one of the things that I know you wanted to talk about was the Port of Laredo and how it stacks up as a gateway with other ports like Eagle Pass in Texas or Nogales in Arizona. So talk to us a little bit about it. Why are you bullish on those areas? Well. First of all, there was a reason to be bullish even before the pandemic, but the pandemic has, I think, really re-accelerated, particularly in the C-suite, the importance of the supply chain. And I just want to read to you a quote from Jim Laurie, the CEO of Stanley Black & Decker. Uh, This was just from a couple of weeks ago, and he said, in the beginning with the pandemic, our sales plummeted 40%, and then in May and June, they were up 40%. We don't have a supply chain to support that kind of volatility. Um, and, and so I think that highlights what is beginning to emerge as a new uh, or an even stronger conviction going forward that Mexico in general and Laredo in particular are going to be critical to the North American supply chain. They have been important for several years, particularly automotive, but things at work in China and elsewhere around the world make uh, Mexico even more bullish uh, than it was pre-pandemic. So, Tom, talk about some of those things, right? I mean, Mexico and and obviously Canada as well, but Mexico has been important to the American manufacturing and the supply chain in North America for for many years. Why why is the bullishness ramping up so much? What are some of those elements? Well, I think for, for one thing, the wage gap between Mexico and China is really moving to the forefront of the C-suite. For example, uh, I talked to a lot of people, particularly when I was still in the world of uh, direct freight, I'll call it, I'm indirect uh, as a a vendor to the industry. Um, There's still a perception that China is uh, more or less on par, if not slightly cheaper, and yet uh, that's not true. Uh, In 2020, the average manufacturing labor cost per hour in Mexico was $4.82 an hour and $6.50 in China. That's 35% cheaper in Mexico. Uh, And that has been, uh, Mexico became cheaper than China beginning in 2013, but the events of the last year, the disruptions to the supply chain, the difficulty of managing halfway around a world as opposed to just our nearest country south, I think, are bringing these issues to the forefront. If you go back to even 2016, that wage gap, Mexico was 23% cheaper. So it continues to get cheaper every year. China's a very inflationary environment, particularly on the wage front. And Mexico has been stable to slightly deflationary. Wow. So, and wages, wages are a big point, but you also talked about proximity there, right? And we're looking at all these long shipping delays and all of these, you know, what's going on at the ports, yeah. port of LA, uh, is South Carolina having issues? Yep, all this, it seems like there's a new strike coming up, you know, mm-hmm. every which way you look. So beyond wage issues, what other advantages are there to Mexico? Well, I just think there's so many, and this is what is occurring in the sea. Suite with so many conversations. So, for example, in Mexico, you have a 48-hour work week before overtime kicks in. It's 40 hours in China, but in this world where ESG, environmental, social, and governance are being elevated by corporations, particularly in North America, there's still many, many factories in China that work six days a week, 12 hours a day that seems to go against the ESG. There's incredibly strong intellectual property protection in Mexico. That has been, of course, a a huge source of frustration in China. Counterfeiting is rampant over there. I mean, if you buy uh, a Callaway uh, driver for golf online, you better be careful that it's not a counterfeit. Uh, Mexico has more free trade agreements than any other place uh, in the world, any other nation, 13 of them. Uh, and of course, it's much more convenient for travel for U.S. and Canadian executives. And when you start to think about whether that's reworking the supply chain, that convenience, or whether it's a rework or return issue due to quality, uh, Mexico is just going to be so much easier to handle. And then I would add on top of that, Mexico has high birth rates. Uh, that bodes well for a growing population and ultimately a growing workforce. China, of course, 
uh, has had very, very low growth rates. And in fact, last year, its population shrunk for the first time in I forget how many decades. So I could go on and on, but those are just some teasers. And those are uh, reasons why Reliance Partners uh, really is bullish on uh, Laredo and all of Mexico. Yeah, it sounds like there's a ton of reasons there. So, Tom, let's shift a little bit here. In February, Reliance uh, bought a small insurance agency, Borderless Coverage, right? Uh, sounds like, so what, what, what's the niche here, and how does this, uh, relative to the USMC uh, trucking market? We, we did. Uh, we, it was a small agency in Cleveland, a gentleman named Mark Vickers, who had worked uh, in freight for several years before he got into the insurance side of things. Uh, one of the top frustrations for freight movement in North America is the lack of good cargo insurance south of the border. It exists, but it has several flaws. Number one, the insurance coverage for cargo is only about two cents a pound versus closer to $2 a pound for Canada and the United States. Number two, there's tons and tons of exceptions. And number three, even when you seem to qualify to get that cargo insurance payment, um, there's it's just a very difficult process. So a lot of shippers, a lot of carriers ultimately just self-insure. Uh, and so borderless coverage led by Mark uh, had gone out and worked uh, with a wholesaler and developed uh, uh, the first ever cargo insurance. And uh, we are always thinking strategically about how to uh, have more services for our uh, almost 5,000 trucking customers now. And this one, uh, we were talking about lo uh, long before we connected with Mark uh, at the end of last year. And we really are seeing tremendous demand since Mark uh, joined the team. Well, hey, Tom, sounds really exciting. Where do we send people to who want more information? Uh, there's always reliancepartners.com, or uh, you could email me, and I'll put you in contact with Mark, or it's mark.vickers at reliancepartners.com. But we are making this investment because we think it adds value. There's going to be a lot more uh, freight growth in this corridor. And I think because of shippers and how they're thinking about supply chains, I think that this will be a value-added product instead of them sometimes having to self-insure as well. Thanks, Tom. We appreciate it. Thanks for joining us at Live at Thanks, Home. Tom. Okay, guys. Take care. Thank you. After the, after the break, we're going to break for lunch in just a minute here. We're going to give away a coffee maker. When we come back, we're going to be talking to AIT Worldwide Logistics, Angela Mancuso. She's the VP of Human Resources over there. And nice. HubTech's Joel McGann, McG McGilney, Managing Director and Co-Owner. Easy for me to say. I, got, I, got, I literally got a cough drop stuck on my tongue. I'm not sure that's ever happened to you guys out there, but it's really tough when you're up here. Uh, but we're going to be talking. No, we're going to be talking to them about about labor and wage costs. And oh. this is something that was in the What the Truck newsletter. We we're yeah. talking about Amazon. So yeah, what, you want the What the Truck it. newsletter? Go to freightways.com/slash/wtt. It's free. It's in your inbox every Tuesday, 6 p.m. Eastern time. It's good stuff, as Michael Vincent would it, say. It is excellent stuff. We're talking about in there how Amazon. Big news came out: Amazon hiring seventy-five thousand workers at seventeen dollars an hour. Meanwhile, yeah. every industry, including freight, warehouses, etc., having a hard time. The decisions made by during the pandemic to cut people, right? Yeah. To cut heads, people who with daycares being closed, with schools being closed, yes. a lot of people having to stay home and out yes. of the workforce, yes. so they can't go back to work even if they wanted to. Right. Amazon comes along. Average warehouse worker pay. $12.86. Right. Now it's being pushed up to $17. Now, will this bring in 75,000 new warehouse workers, Michael Vincent, or is it just going to poach warehouse workers from other warehouses and then drive up the costs for everybody else? You already look at those box rates. You're looking at $8,000 plus a $3,000 hat bag Lloyd GRI. You're looking at these inland trucking rates, these rates hitting record highs. Michael Vincent, can we even afford supply chains anymore? No, we can't. Let's get rid of all supply chains. <sighs> Let's, uh, no, and, and it's an excellent point, and it's an excellent question that you brought up in, in the newsletter was, was just that. I think it'll be, if you're asking me for real, I think it'll be both. Yeah. I think it'll bring some people in because people aren't going back to work because they're not getting the wages that they want anyways in, sure. in certain places. Right. So they're just not going to come. Some of them are not going to come back. But some of them are going to say, oh, 17 bucks an hour. That's much better than 12 bucks flipping hamburgers. Right. Well, yeah. Uh, so well, then everyone, go, you know, do that. you vote against minimum wage. You, know, yeah. you don't want minimum wage to be $15. Well, everyone else is like, 
fine. Yeah. <laughs> we'll sit home. Good luck. Yeah, fine. Yeah, Go good serve luck. yourself at McDonald's. Yeah, sir. Yeah, go in and flip your own darn hamburgers or move your own box across the warehouse. But, yeah, I think they'll set that wage. I think it'll steal people and poach it from other people as well. And maybe it's a good thing. I mean, look, wages do need to be do, do need to be pushed I'm up. I'm all for people winning, making more it. money and making a livable wage. And I'm look, not against it. Look, you can't. how can you argue against it? It's the free market deciding. Yeah. The free market of Amazon deciding it's now $17 plus there benefits to pay a warehouse worker. If go. that benefits, a rising tide lifts all boats. So that helps other warehouse workers. Well, God bless you guys moving those boxes. Right on. I, I like that stuff coming to my door. Amen. You know what came to our door? Something we're going to give away right now. It's going to end up at your door. To this Ooh. winner, to this winner right now of the Millet Coffee Machine is none other than emerges Robert Montiero. Robert Montiero, nice. you are going to be wide awake after lunch for our next session of What the Truck. It's going yeah, to be a no great... No food coma for him. No food coma for him. Mm-mm. Have you tried one of these coffee machines? I have not, but they sound great. I mean, I've got other products from Melee, and it's excellent stuff. You do? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do. No, uh, vacuum cleaners. Hey, what do you... So the, the other emerging thing that we touched on in the newsletter was this big idea, and I love that it's taking more prominence, is the supply chain as yeah. a, a marketing tool. Is that going to require a lot of these tech companies, a lot of ones talking today, to start really thinking about that? What does that mean? How do I enhance my marketing and sales department through the supply chain? A lot of the focus is on helping the operators. It is on hopper, uh, helping the operators, but it, it, helping the marketing department with your supply chain? I mean, it, it's uh, it's well, chew on that over lunch. Right? We're almost out of time here. There's an icebreaker session right down. Scroll downwards. Click on that. Make a friend. Find us on Twitter at Timothy Dooner. Michael Vincent, the dude. We'll catch you back. Welcome back to What the Truck here live at home. I'm Dooner with Michael Vincent, the dude. I hope you all had a great lunch. You chewed on the fat. You went into that icebreaker and you left here with a couple connections, right? Because what a waste. You come here, you don't meet anybody. What well, are you, you doing? Got, you got, yeah, I don't know what you're doing. What are you doing? You're, you're obviously not paying attention. Yeah. You want your first two connections? Timothy Dooner, find me on LinkedIn. D-O-O-N-E-R. Find him. Michael Vincent on LinkedIn. You already That's got right. two connections, right? Get you ahead there of the game. Is. There it is. Let's thank our sponsors. Triumph Pay is committed to providing efficiency and value to all of their customers. With the upcoming acquisition of HubTrend, their combined company will create a fully integrated payments network for the transportation industry, including factors, brokers, and carriers. Visit TriumphPay.com to learn how you can drive your business forward together. Now, Michael Vincent, this show is called What the Truck for a Reason. Yeah, it is. <laughs> we tend to focus on some of the peculiarities and bizarre things that happen some within of the this strange industry. Stuff, the strange goings on. Hey, right now, were. just to sell you back in from lunch, we're going to look at a few close calls here. Mm-hmm. One of them is a truck fire, and it's miraculous these two drivers, these team drivers, even got out of Check this thing. That look at out. all those packages right there. Oops. There's your next pair of cargo shorts sitting right there. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. That's 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 where your uh, parcel is. Well, that right video there. looks like pretty bad news, right? Well, yeah. two truckers ended up in the hospital after their rig drove into a median while southbound on Interstate 59 in Utah. That's according to Highway Patrol Officer Andrew Battlefield. He reports that the fire was extinguished, and miraculously, both victims were extracted from that, transported from the hospital, neither with life-threatening injuries. That is absolutely amazing that it came out of that. The first time I looked at it, I was like, what is that? It's unbelievable. They crushed it. Did they come up the medium, you think, or did they come off that bridge? I don't, I don't know. know. See, the picture's a little confusing to, to even look at. Like, what exactly went on there? I don't understand it. This one's not confusing. Here's another one. You know, May the 4th, May the 4th be with you. Well, the 4th yeah. was strong with this one. Look at what happened to this yeah. gentleman right here. This... Look at that. That's his head through the sunroof, right? Right. right. This is on May 4th in Birmingham, Alabama area. There's a lightning strike going on. This dude right here, Henry Charmy, he's driving home. He's driving that 1990 Honda Civic, which he lucked out. Someone 30-odd years ago decided to get the sunroof option. Yeah. He picked up that car, only to have it save his life when that tree fell on there. He's got a good sense of humor, too. I'm glad this kid made it. He said, if my giant C-section baby head hadn't gone through that that sunroof, I don't know where I'd be. <laughs> no kid. How long do you think he was stuck there before they got that picture? I, he said he was there for a couple hours. Wow. Eventually, they had to put goggles on him. And there was actually, he said a lot of the power lines were down behind him. And they were sparking and fire was going up. So it was a very hairy situation for this guy. Good thing he kept his cool. That's absolutely crazy. Now, here's another one. This one's a video. And this one's kind of scary because this is something that you might encounter on the highway. A wheel 
full tire wheel flew off a vehicle. Let's check this video. Full tire wheel flies off this, uh, I believe it was off the truck over this car, drives straight forward. You got to watch that a couple times to see what happens, right? Yeah. Can we replay nuts. that maybe in slow-mo? So this car is coming, right? It's coming at it. And you think it's, you see a wheel like that. There's not much they can do about the fact that it's rolling along the highway. They, yeah. they go straight into it, maybe assuming you knock it out of the way. It would fly off yeah. to the side. I wouldn't think it would go under you and launch you up in the air. I, I wouldn't think that either, but apparently it does, because you can see him slow down, and you can see that he, he wants to move, or she, but they can't. You see him slowing down right there, and go, oh, well, I guess I'm going to hit it real nice and kind of push it out of the way, and boom. Yeah, not so good. Yeah, I mean, fortunately, I believe the people inside were wearing seatbelts, and everyone was okay, but incredibly scary situation. Yeah, Just a reminder, four-wheeler semi-trucks drive safe out there, be safe out there, and sometimes the only thing that's going to save you is a little bit of luck, like all three of those people encountered. Yeah. Now, a great comment came in here right as we were closing down this set to go out to lunch, and they said, this is an argument, right? We were talking about warehouse Mm. worker pay. We were talking about Amazon raising warehouse worker pay to $17 for 75,000 people. Well, some of the comments, JB, who says, but not JB Hunt, he wrote, warehouse worker wages. We don't suffer from a worker shortage. We suffer from a pay shortage. Same exact argument every trucker ever will make when you start saying there's a driver shortage. They will immediately correct you and say, no, there's not. There's There's a pay shortage. There's plenty of people willing to work. You just got to pay the money. Yeah, and I guess there's some truth to that, right? I mean, that's uh, that's the way it is. If they see it that way, that's the way it is. We got plenty of people sitting at home right now that could be up and working. They're not. Now, obviously, it's not that simple because there's a lot of dynamics at play. You look at unemployment insurance. It's easy to point to that and blame that. But there's other dynamics as well. And it's the taste of a changed life that some people got over the past year. It is not being able to get out of that changed life, especially with daycare. And one of the things that that I think we're going to talk about with our next guest is also the inequity that's happening with the roles, right? So in in, a... Exponentially more women are forced to take on these tasks, these child care tasks, these at-home tasks. You mean during the new the ta- brought on by the, by the last year? Exactly. Yeah, gotcha. Exactly. Not because gotcha. daycares are closed, schools are yeah. closed, the yeah, at-home yeah, yeah. learning, a lot of that falls on the shoulders of women. Right. Well, AIT Worldwide Logistics, Angela Mancusu, she's the VP of Human Resources, who likes to effectively build organizations that have a strong culture, and she likes to uh, focus on employee engagement and having a little fun. So we're welcoming her to the show right now. We're going to talk a little bit about this labor market. Hey, Angela. Hi, guys. How are you? So challenging. I mean, we're, we're doing great. You're having the hard time because you're in that human re or maybe you're not. Maybe you've cracked the code. All we hear about from <laughs> everyone is complaining about getting workers. I even saw, you know, you know, Mad Money. Uh, yes. He's he's complaining on his own account that he can't hire people to go work over at CNBC. CNBC. Crazy. Yeah. What's going on in the hiring market? Let us inside a little bit. What are the challenges right now? Yeah. I mean, I don't think we're different than any other employer out there. Um, for us in particular, though, I, you know, we, our business was down slightly last year, but in all honesty, uh, we've, we've really been thriving from last summer. I think partly of that is depending on what solutions uh, third-party logistics providers focus on. For us in particular, we've seen spikes in our e-commerce, our food delivery, and our pharmaceutical space. So, We never really took our foot off the gas too much when it came to hiring talent. And I think the most important thing was preserving jobs. We made our best effort to make sure during the pandemic that we were keeping as many of our teammates as possible, knowing that we were going to come into a tight competitive labor market. So um, I don't think we're experiencing any of different challenges than anybody else out there. Applications are down. We're seeing roughly about 15% of our applications coming through our applicant tracking system. Um, less than than obviously last year. Uh, I think across the board, you have candidates that are more risk averse, as you guys were already talking Mm. about, right? Trying to figure out of, oh, I'm collecting unemployment, I'm getting a stimulus. Potentially, you have some e-learning responsibilities or childcare responsibilities. So trying to see that through, whether or not someone is going to take on a new opportunity. Um, same thing, I think, with passive talent. So we consider passive talent, right, someone that is not actively looking for, for a position. They're out there working. They might be happy where they're working. Um, same thing for us when we reach out to passive talent. I think they're just kind of going to see what's happening out there in the market and in their state related to COVID protocol before they're going to go and make any kind of change. So we see where they're they're willing to have a conversation, but 
it's not really going any farther than that, than just that initial conversation. Hmm. Interesting. So, Angela, you heard Dooner talking about, uh, you know, the reports that uh, some of the responsibilities that have uh, grown during the pandemic, yeah. the e-learning, et cetera, that you even talked about and, car- and child care responsibilities disproportionately falling towards uh, the female, towards uh, women during during this pandemic. Right. Are you seeing that in the trends of recruiting and affecting your recruiting as well? Yeah, absolutely. I think the last stats I saw, it's the lowest percentage of available female applicant pool since 1988. Wow. I mean, that's, wow. you know, that's a problem for all of us where, where diversity in your hiring is, is an important company goal. It, it, it is for us. I think females in warehousing roles, which is hard to find anyway, uh, as it is, I mean, that's, that's down by 20,000 applicants across the board just for warehousing wow. roles. So um, it's a goal for us as an organization. I mean, we're, we have 50% of our organization is female across the globe. We're really proud of that, I think, given, yeah. given the male-dominated hey, hey, let industry. Let me give you a little cow so. out for that. That's that pretty good. Hey. I mean, this is male-dominated <laughs> is industry. Good, and I think right? one, of the, one of the reasons, Michael Vincent, I really liked that, that question and wanted to, yeah. to, to ask you about it is we constantly, you mentioned diversity, and all we're talking about is gender diversity here. We're not even talking about you know race diversity, religious right. diversity, any of those. We're just talking about gender. We're an industry that needs more women in it. And then you have something like this come along. It makes it a lot more challenging for someone like you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we we keep track of kind of our new hires. So we're down by about 8% when we look year over year in terms of, of females uh, being hired into the organization. So it's impacting us, not drastically, but I think the difference is, and I encourage every company to do that, you have to make a concerted effort to go after and try to find them, right? If, if they're not coming, if females are not automatically applying for whatever reason, then what are you doing to proactively go out and try to secure that talent? Yeah, you got to go look for them. Well, you know, and, and in tight markets, beggars can't be choosers That's too. But true. you got to get more strategic. You got to be smarter about it. So, what are some of the strategies that you were using to attract new candidates? Yeah, good question. Uh, a couple of different things. I mean, passive searching is really important for us. And in our case, we involve the managers. You know, a lot of people think it's HR's job to go out and find new people. Uh, and really, it's everyone's job in the organization. I want to work with top talent. I think everyone else wants to work with top talent. So we also involve our hiring managers. You know, every every candidate out there is being reached out to by your recruiter. There's a million different recruiters mm. out there, and they're all getting the same message. But when you actually hear from a vice president or a director of a company saying, hey, I have an opening on my team. I'm interested in your background, come work for me. It makes a big difference when you are sourcing talent. So we try to involve and make it a partnership between HR and our hiring managers to say, we need your help, right? It's at the end of the day, it's it's your position you're trying to fill. So let's, let's do that together. A um, couple other things that we're doing is employee referral programs. You know, you don't have to have an expensive program. Um, if you have teammates that enjoy working for you and feel like you have a good culture and a good work environment, they should automatically be referring people. Uh, Roughly about 40% of our new hires come from employee referrals. So we continue to tap into that. Um, The latest thing that we're doing is launching pilot programs with some local schools. I mean, let's face it, supply chain isn't one of those first career choices for high school students or college students, right? So I think all of us as leaders within the industry, how do we share our stories? How do we talk about the opportunities in the industry to try to create some of that young talent uh, to, to kind of come our way and join the industry? Yeah, so those are all interesting things there, Angela, and thank you for those insights. And it's really no secret that the best thing to do or one of the best things you can do is maintain, right? Yeah. Keep your employees and, and retention is there. Building a strong team is important and maintaining a workforce. What are some of the best practices that really a logistics company in particular, since this is what we're talking about, should be doing to to build those teams and create and maintain a resilient uh, workforce? Yeah, good question. You know, I don't think that's specific, though, to logistics companies. I think that's that's all companies. And it's, you know, are you, do your employees feel like they have meaningful work? Do they feel like they know that they're making a positive impact on the organization and whatever your strategy is? It's a lot easier to kind of go along for the ride per se, right? And, and weather that storm with your employer when you feel like you, you know what you're in it for and you know how your role plays an impact in that. So I think that's what we focus on. Um, and communication, be transparent, talk about the change, embrace the change, talk about what your company's doing uh, related to the change, right? To kind of get everybody on board. 
Um, and the last thing I would say is ask your ask your people for feedback, right? I mean, you're not going to know what you need to do differently unless you're getting a sentiment in terms of how do people actually feel. So we survey our teammates once a year on how we're doing from a culture and a core values perspective. And it's based upon a lot of that feedback where we roll out programs across the organization. Um, one of the, the biggest programs we just launched last year was a recognition program. Wow. And that came from feedback from our teammates to say, hey, it's something that we're not doing well. So how do we improve and make that better? And now it's one of the most popular programs we have. Nice. Well, Angela, we like what we're hearing. It's no secret. It's an employee's market right now. Someone likes what they're hearing. They say, you know what? I want to see what my value is worth. I want to check out what Angela's got going on. We're out of time, but where should we send them to? Uh, AITWorldwide.com and check out our careers page. Yeah. Go out there and, and, and see what you're worth. Go find out. AIT sounds pretty good. Angela, thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Angela. Hey, now we're going to talk to Joel McGinley's managing director and co-owner over at HubTech. He's uh, right. a very interesting guy, too. He started with the base realization that everything is in a constant state of change and motion. Physics is the science of motion. And Joel has right. been able to create a methodology for business and anyone wanting to take control of their life in situation based on five natural laws. Today he's going to talk to us a little about how HubTech lets you take control of your business and get ahead of this labor market, which uh, maybe if you can't find those employees, he's the right guy to call. Joel, thank you for joining us today. Hey guys, great to be here. Appreciate it. Uh, love the work you guys are doing and uh, happy to be part of it. Joel, you, mu you must be busy, right? In this labor market, you got to be tough. There's got to be people who want to need things oh automated. Oh my gosh. Even if they didn't want things automated, now they want them automated because they don't have human beings to do the work. Well, you know, guys, the, the basic problem that we're facing here is labor costs are going up. You know, you've got a tight market. It's pushing labor costs up. Uh, just about every client that we have um, has uh, the trend line on the cost of labor on the upswing, but margins then are falling. You know, we're down as an industry, um, you know, somewhere about eight to 10 percent in margins. And that's a that's a downward trend. So when you've got your labor costs going up, your margins coming down, your profitability obviously is squeezed. For a logistics company, labor represents now somewhere around 50 to 60% of their total gross profit. So if you can't get a control over that labor costs with with falling margins, you're going to be, you know, you're going to be in a world of hurt. And so, you know, that's what we're trying to address. Yeah, absolutely. And Joel, you know, it, it's uh, the transportation industry is made up of many, many small businesses, right? Yeah. In fact, uh, you know, most transportation providers are, are are smaller, smaller transportation, and they're trying to compete in this rapidly evolving technology world, technological landscape, if you will. How um, how are they going to compete for the long run? How do they stay on top of this? Yeah, you know, and I mean, that technology creates efficiency. The efficiency allows larger companies to offer their service for lower pricing. And if I'm going to compete, uh, I've got to be able to match it, right? I've got to be able to, to operate off lower, lower costs, which, you know, right now, if I can't lower my internal costs, I, it's just a squeeze of profitability. So how are they going to compete? It's a combination of making their existing team more productive and then allowing the technology to uh, come in so that they don't need to continue to hire the labor that uh, they traditionally have had to hire. So if you can make your existing team productive, more productive, I mean, if everybody could just move one more load per day, it makes a huge difference on mm -hmm. a company's bottom line. Um, but you're, you're only going to do that if you can make your people more productive and you use technology to help um, empower that. So it's a combination of really taking existing teams, driving productivity, and applying the technology. Joel, there's got to be, there, there's some fear around this, right, though, the fear of the unknown. I've always had people doing this. What happens when I use RPA or I use HubTech or I use some, what's going to happen? You know, it, or will cats be uh, hanging out with dogs in the street? Yes. That, all that kind of wild stuff. How do you get them beyond that fear to realize that this is a safe strategy and minimizing the need for, for labor and labor costs is actually the way of the future? Yeah. Well, I mean, you can just see the long-term trend, right? I mean, if you look at the amount of labor that uh, we had to employ 20, 30, 40 years ago when I first started to, um, you know, to handle the freight compared to what we have to do right now, 
there's nothing new here, right? There's a long-term trend towards automation, and it's been there, and it's going to continue. There's nothing we can do to really stop it. So the question is, you know, are you going to get on board? The, the, the problem that, that smaller companies are facing right now is that the amount of technology, the, the adoption of technology is increasing so rapidly, right? We're bringing uh, more and more. I mean, every week, it seems like there's somebody else that's come out with a, you know, a new approach to their technology. And so we're, we're on this rapid increase in technology adoption for this industry. And, um, you know, and it's so it's a speed game. Can I can I keep up with it? Um, but I don't think anybody that's operating in transportation should fear that because the industry, I mean, the growth prospects, the, the projections for this industry are very, very strong. Uh, we've seen tremendous growth uh, over the last 15 years in logistics, especially. And that doesn't seem to be, at least in the near term, uh, threatened. I think that growth is going to continue to be there. So there's just natural expansion. And what most companies are just trying to do is hang on. Right. I mean, they're getting the opportunities, but are they going to be able to do it profitably? And that's where you've got to be able to say, um, I've got solutions to make my people more productive and, and more productive isn't just around technology. I mean, they've got to be trained well. They've got to have good structure, good processes, still a people business. And, it's, and it's, I think it's always going to be a people business. It's just that the people that you have right now have to be able to operate in a far more efficient way. And they're be, it's being forced upon them now, right? Where before they could kind of play on the sidelines or watch other companies. But right now, man, if you don't have a technology um, uh, you know, kind of roadmap for your company, you got some problems. Yeah. Well, well said many hurdles, many people trying to play catch up. They got disrupted instead of embracing it and being a disruptor, all solid, solid points. As we move forward, talking to many people, you know, we still need humans and we still need workers. Uh, we need that human touch, right? It's not all about just AI machine learning or, or is it? No, you know, I, I mean, at the end of the day, um, you know, it is a a human brain generated industry, right? I mean, the the human has to be there to be able to apply the technology, to be able to, you know, just really, you know, know how to operate the strategy. So you're never going to eliminate the human element. You just have to have humans that are far more productive, right? Um, I mean, if if I'm spending all of my time sitting there doing data entry. When I could be talking to customers and helping them with real solutions, I'm, you know, it, that's that's wasted time. If I'm always responding to rate quotes, I mean, how many rate quotes does a does a transportation company handle in a day in a week? Um, you know, the, the the typical win rate on those rate quotes is is less than ten percent. So they're handling ten times um, uh, the the quoting process that is just really time consuming and and, and very unproductive. The key is to take those kinds of mundane tasks and automate them and, and, and then train the people to be more effective in their communication um, and, and, and get them to build relationships as opposed to just always relying on spot opportunities. And you got to have a collective strategy. It's got to be comprehensive. It can't just be a technology solution. You have to have you have to you have to pay attention to your existing team and make them more productive as well. Joel, we've learned a lot. Thank you so much. Uh, how do people reach out and learn more? And if they like what they're hearing, uh, you know, get in touch with you. Yeah. You know, I mean, come visit us. You can uh, check us out at uh, GoHubTech.com. And, uh, you know, HubTech is, a, is, is kind of that whole workforce automation, um, you know, provider. Uh, we yeah. provide the coaching uh, and, and, and we provide the technology and we provide the staffing. Of course. Joel, thank you so much. We appreciate having you here, and hopefully we'll see you in person November 8th to 10th at, uh, at F3, the Future F3, of Freight friend, Festival. Yep. Folks, if you're at live.freightwaves.com, go click on F3 over there. Get your ticket to this event happening over 30 locations here in Chattanooga. We're going to besiege the city with freight. Freight Alley is going to be Freight Mile. Freight 10 mile. Freight I don't know. Mile. Freight city. Or freight 8 mile. Freight city. Hey, The hey, Coachella. Hey, hey, don't, don't let anyone else hear this. But if you use promo code WTT, 
you can save $200 on your ticket, okay? So do that. Don't tell him Dooner sent you. Don't, don't tell him. Don't oh, tell him Dooner sent you. Okay, sorry. Hey, by the way, hey, we were talking about Pierre Laguerre inflating. Great, right? Half a yeah. million dollars. They raised a bunch of money. Sweet. We're going to talk to him on Friday about it. You know, hey. someone else around here raised a little money just recently, too. They that might did. be Freight Waves. Oh, yeah, I heard about that, yeah, right? Store at FreightWaves.com, yeah, the home team right here, raised $16.5 million to support the product and commercial development of something we launched at a virtual event just about a month ago, our yeah. carbon intelligence tool, which you'll find inside FreightWaves Sonar. Big theme of that event was, you know, doing a lot of, like, cutting out the, the, the fat from freight, the empty calories, those empty miles from freight, right? Yeah, the sprint towards uh, zero carbon emissions, right? Yeah. yeah. And look, this is, this is a real rule, too, that a lot of you need, and we're building it out strong inside FreightWave Sonar. Another thing that's coming up after we're on here, once we exit this stage, Zach Strickland's going to come up, and he's going to be talking about reefer and all the reefer intelligence that's inside Sonar now. And those of you who are paying for reefer freight right now, you're hurting. You're paying more than you ever had, and you know it, don't you? Don't tell me otherwise, because you'd be a liar. You'd be a liar, because <laughs> be we liar. can see it. And Jimmy Goodrich is going to be with him. He's right? going to be with him. So $16 million, right? Who's giving this to us? Who gave it to us here? We got, oh, um, we got Triangle Park Partners, Palo Alto-based venture capital firm. The partners with companies in technology and energy transition sectors, 8VC, Hearst Ventures, Prologis Ventures, Rise of the Rest Fund, Fontanellis, and Kane Partners also participated in that round as well. Super cool. Super cool. Always good things happening over here at Freightways. You know, something, well, you know what? I'll give this, should I give it to you away first? Now, I'll leave you with a good nugget. One nugget she said from AIT, one of their strategies is reach out personally to people. Now, it's hard to scale. You've got to be strategic about it. But yeah. I can tell you personally for myself, so maybe I'm a little biased here, but every single job I've had over the past decade has come from a CEO on LinkedIn of a company saying, hey, if you want a job, we've got one for you. I have never got a job sending it through those portals. It just sounds like it just feels like you're sending it out into ether. Nothing happens. Yeah, yeah nothing. Ever At least happens. it does to me. Yeah. The networking, though, has worked 100% of the time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Net- networking is absolutely the way to go. Expand your circle. It really of is. But usually, this would be on the the onus would be on the employees. But the strategic right. employers are the ones who are going direct to the source, direct mm. to the people. All right. Let's give it away. Let's give it away now. Sony. 85-inch oh, Class X800H Series LED 4K UHD Smart Android TV. It's a mouthful. The winner of it is Trucker Tools, Zach Shoot Chart, man. You have oh, won the TV. Right. Download ah. the FreightWaves TV app. Watch this in live living color 4K. Also, everyone always asks this, where can I find these events? You can find them all on demand at live.freightways.com. Click on Agenda or if you like audio like me, Look up FreightCast on your favorite podcast for choices. Every single FreightWaves podcast, including this show, including every session of this event, all on one convenient feed. Look it up. 